tell you what, there's confidence oozing through his veins. Tap it with the football tap. It's the number one podcast. Yeah. With the football at? Tap in with the football tap. Yeah. Tap in with the football tap. Guru. Tap in with the football tap like a spinal, or it could get messy like Lionel. Them other podcasts throw back like a vinyl. The guru, he the goat, so it really ain't no rivals. Podcasts about passion, barely dollars. My favorite, Ronaldo, Jamal Musala. Football tap, it should be on your radar. Come and kick it with us like Neymar, Sadio Mane, or Erling Haaland. Either way, the football tap, prime time. Yeah, now take that to the bank with you. The guru, he don't talk, he just pay pictures. Vividly, so come and see what he's saying. Highlights and more, you never get bored. Never get bored. Football tap, the number one source. Come and tap in with the football tap. It's the football tap. Come and tap in with the football tap. It's the football tap. Guru. Football tap. Come and tap in with the football tap. Welcome back to another episode of the Football Tap. Um, uh, this week, I'm going to focus a lot on Serie A and less on the Bundesliga. I'll, do, I'll talk about the Bundesliga as well, um, but it's going to mostly be Italian football. And then I'll have an episode later this week that's about the Champions League, Europa League, all that stuff. And obviously, I'll, I'll touch on the Roma aspect of all of this. Um but I want to start in a very unusual place in regards to Italian football this week. I want to actually start with the Seahorses down in Salentiana. Um, I feel, large part, a lot of people underestimated um, the capabilities that the team had and what the that the summer that they put together. Um, I think I think a lot of people just did not really evaluate the situation properly. To give because I, I you know I think a lot of a, a ton um, whether it's friends of mine whether it's uh, media outlets whether it's uh, a podcast other podcast a lot of people had Salentiana um, getting relegated um, for reasons that I um, I respect but but have a slight uh, difference of opinion on um, so I'm going to show a clip actually um, from IFTV. Um, with uh, Marco, who we see on uh, Paramount Plus on CBS, who's doing a terrific job. I have questions about the people who sit next to him, particularly uh, Matteo Bonetti and uh, at Mike Grella. Um, I don't think they should be uh, sitting next to him. And I actually really love Marco, and I, I, I rate a lot of the things he says. I think he's he's pretty it's, he's fairly unbiased, and he's 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 on the money with a lot of the, his takes that he says. I don't think he's too emotional when he talks about things. He doesn't. When you hear him speak, you know he doesn't have a preference, even if he might. Um, so I, I really respect that he is unbiased and he doesn't just go along with with what he feels or like emotionally. If he likes this team or doesn't like this team, he keeps it uh, at a normal level. And I, I appreciate uh, what he brings to to that to the program. And I think it it's he's gone a long way in obviously getting that opportunity to to be on CBS and stuff like that. Um. um but anyway, I, this is a clip from uh, from his podcast IFTV with him and Mike and their opinions on Tatiana. I'm not I'm not going to show this to embarrass him. I'm not going to show this to basically um, 
to laugh at his prediction or say that my prediction is better than his or anything like that. I just want to show you some of the. Th I just want to show my audience uh, what kind of things were being said um, by people about Valentiana, and I'm going to explain why I think they were wrong and why I see it differently. Um, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean I'm, I'm right or he's right or whatever. It's not. It's not to to point the finger to anybody else. It's just. I'm going to share his perspective and, and what they said, and I'm going to share my perspective and why I think that they they were a little off. We're not going to know who's right and who's wrong until the end of the season, but I think um, I think they got this a little wrong, and it's not just them. It's a lots of people. But but I'm going to show this clip, and I'm going to break down why uh, what they what they said about Sarantiana is a bit misguided for what we're going to see this season, what we have seen this season, and we're, what we're going to continue to see from a side that I don't, I don't think will really truly be in threat of relegation. Both of them going to go down. 18th place. The dream was amazing last year, but Salernitana, I have you getting relegated. I was very disappointed in them this year. They hired Sabatini back in January. He is one of the main reasons why they made that amazing run. In 10 days in January, he... Not not in 10 days. In, in January, he signed like 10 or 11 players, which helped them remain there. He got into a fight with the ownership. He is out of the team. They're going in with Davide Nicola. They really didn't bring in any great players. Salernitana, I don't like the way that they ran this. And I think that Davide Nicola, you know, he's really good for a certain kind of season, like when a team needs to be saved. I don't think that they're going to make it. Going back to Serie B. Uh, unfortunately, I have the same thing there for Salernitana. Um, I, I'm not sure if... Davide Nicola has what it takes to carry carry a team throughout a season. So there you have it. Um, so I don't inherently disagree with everything that's being said there. Um, I, I think they have the right idea. They're just looking at it in a different way. And obviously I have nothing but respect for those guys and, and the job they do. And again, only only putting the clip in there so I can, we, I can show an example of the kind of things that were being said against Salantiano. Now, for those of you who don't know or or have forgotten, Salantiana last year uh, pulled off arguably probably the second greatest escape in football history um, by David Nicola, who has basically been over his career a firefighter. He comes in, he rescues the situation, uh, then he moves on and does the same to, to another team and another team and another team. Uh, he's not usually equipped to deal with teams with talented players with a, a team that has more ambitions beside uh, uh, staying up in the league and keeping their status. Um, he's done it with uh, Udinese. He's done it in the past with uh, with Crotone. Crotone was the greatest escape ever um, in, in football history, um, mathematically, statistically, however you want to say it. Um, what they were able to do during that season is really outstanding. Um, I don't remember the exact number, but they, they were in – 20th um, in the league in 20 in, in uh, sorry in 36 of 38 games they started really badly um, with 11 or 12 games left they had a lot of points to make up it it felt mathematically relegated they go on this huge run to end the season they end up beating Lazio Lazio in the last game lots sorry they end up being Lazio the last game in the season 3-1 to maintain their status um I think they maybe stayed up another year after that, and then eventually they were relegated, like we've seen with many uh, clubs of that stature, like uh, like Spall, like Brescia, like uh, teams that are able to to maintain their status temporarily, but then uh, whisked away. Um, 
anyway, so he, he's, he's done jobs like this where he's come in and rescued a situation. This is what he's uh, primarily known for, at least in Italian football. He comes into this situation with last year. He has a similar uh, similar route to in, in the end where he, he takes that situation. He um, uh, Salentiano is not doing well. They're at the bottom of the league. They lose a game to Roma in uh, in Rome where they take in the lead. And um, Roma scored two goals in the last 10 minutes to, to basically for, for them to take the points. Um, it, they felt mathematically relegated at that stage. Um, and then they go on this big run. I think I believe they go unbeaten in 10 of 12 or something like that. Uh, they beat all. Uh, I don't know if they beat Atlanta. They get a point off Atlanta um, away from home. They take on um, Calgary, who was another team that was on the verge of relegation. They're winning the game and they give an ab- absurd amount of stoppage time. So uh, eventually Calgary gets the equalizer, but they, they go on this huge run. Um, and the end of the season kind of tapers off. Uh, I think they're on beat until the last game of the season. The last game of the season, they play Udinese. Udinese rips them to shreds. I think it was a four-nil uh, loss for them. Um, so all they needed, to, all they needed, was uh, Venencia to hold for, firm against Cagliari, either win the game or steal a point. They managed to do that because of that. They stay in. They they able. To, they maintain their status in what was. Uh, the second greatest uh, escape in football history. Um, obviously, a lot of people talk about um, Newcastle last year. Um, they talk about Leicester City before they won the title. Um, I, I respect all that, but but it was the second greatest escape ever. And, um, again, the second greatest escape in Italian football history. He comes in. He does the job. He leaves uh, on his own merits. Um, so the point about him coming in to rescue a situation is accurate. The reason that I don't think they should, they're going to get relegated, and the reason I didn't think they're going to get relegated, um, didn't have to do necessarily with the manager. And the manager aspect is important because he hadn't really had a job where recently where the the objective is to maintain their status. This season, I felt that they should have gone, they should go a step further and finish between, I don't know, 15 and 12th. Um, so I do expect them to be. In the bottom half of the table, I don't expect them to to go nuts and, and finish in the top ten or the top twelve or whatever the case may be. But the reason behind why people were saying uh, these things about Salentiana, I find strange. Um, the thing that I've been told and what's continu- continuously being expressed is they had a bad summer and they're they're worse this year than they were last season. Um, I don't understand that thought process at all. I think I find that an uh, uh, I find that a strange and absurd take because it is quite the contrary. They got a lot better. They're ton- they're they're substantially better in all aspects of this team than they were last season. They got better. Um, the only valid thing about the criticism uh, of them being relegated in 18th is because the coach is not accustomed to doing these things. Um, but if you look at the strength of the squad, you look at how they're doing in the league in comparison to teams like Monza, who a lot of people picked to finish high up in the table because of the Serie A experience. And and obviously there's other teams in that in that thing, like Sampdoria, who's not done well this season, who uh, they weren't expected to do great, but who there's a lot of these caliber teams being picked over them. Uh, I've picked them to finish Salentiana in – sorry, I picked them to finish 13th. Salentiana 
but again, for the large part of the audience, large part of people, most people on podcasts, on, on media, all, all through all walks of life, we're picking them to be relegated for reasons that did not make sense. The whole, the whole point was uh, this idea that they got worse, that they did not improve, they didn't get better, they didn't get in the appropriate signings. And I think that is just false. Now, they are in t- uh, 11th right now. Going into Sunday, yes, uh, Sunday, they were in 9th. They're in 11th. They've, they've won three. They've drew three. They've lost four. Again, not the most pretty of uh, form. Um, they are eight points from drop the drop zone. So there's an eight-point gap between where they sit and where the team in, in 18th sits. Uh, and, and in the video, they did, in their, to their credit, they didn't have them finishing bottom with a lot of other people did, uh, but they had them finishing 18th. And I, I'm genuinely confused by this idea because they got better. And this narrative that they got worse is just not true. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to explain why they, 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 they got better. Let's start with the quality in the team that was already there. In goal, they have Luigi Seppe, someone who was at Parma for many years, who did who did perform well when they went down. Um, got a loan move in January. It was one of the moves that I think got them uh, to to finish uh, to survive the season. He's one of, of a very underrated goalkeeper. He's capable of keeping them in games, and during that stretch, he kept them in games. So you look at someone like that. You got a, a constant. Uh, um, uh, professional in goal that can perform and has proven to be a high-level uh, goalkeeper in Italian football, who has the experience, who has who has the ability, and who has who's obviously last season was largely contributing in their survival. Another one is uh, Mascotti, who had been there on loan last year, mid uh, I think mid-season. Uh, joined initially on loan, made 15 appearances last season um, as right at right back, um, and Salentiana um, made the the deal permanent in this season so far. He's got two goals as a right back. He's been one of their. He's experienced, 27 years old. Um, he's been someone who. Who, who last year was so important and has continued to be important this season. Uh, but going into the season, we knew that he was going to be a, a crucial part of what they were going to do this campaign. And I think he's done a really good job in doing that. Um, and he continues to do that with this team. So that was another key piece that they had from last season that has performed well this season. Another one being Federico Bonazzoli. Um, again, another player went on loan last season. Um, Scored 10 goals in 32 games. Uh, in this season, he has uh, he scored a couple goals. He hasn't played a ton of games, but he has been a, another key piece that they have there. Um, so, you know, there, there are good players on this team. It's not as if, they, yes, they did lose Daniel Verdi. They lost some pieces. But for the most part, the team that kept them up still is withstanding in the team. Now... So we have established they have some well. Um, oh, one more name I forgot to throw out there. Federico Fazio obviously used to play for Roma. Was actually a really big part of a few Roma teams. There was a time in which he was one of the best center backs in the league. Again, it wasn't a long period of time, but for a good two years under Spalletti, then under Fonseca, there there was a real. It's not Fonseca, sorry, Di Francesco. He was he was top notch. He's very experienced. He's very. He, he's just a figure in Italian football that's that deserves respect. 
He's their captain. He's a part of uh, of success that we saw at Roma, and he was part of the success that they had at Salentiana at the end when they survived the season. Now, okay, so let's let's take away the players that are already there, that are already established, they're doing their thing, right? Now we're gonna we're, I'm gonna attack this narrative about they're they um, that they they're not they haven't got better and they haven't had a good window. They got loads better. Um, and we can start anywhere you want on this because they got better in so many areas. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say they're gonna go finish in the top ten, but if you're talking about can they repeat what they did last season? Can they survive? Can they do well? Can they not worry too much about relegation? Yeah, they can. They brought in um, Dia from Villarreal. Um, he's having a very good season already. He's got four goals and two assists this season. Um, he was at Villarreal before that. He was in France, who did quite well. Um, he's a consistent performer, someone you want in your attack that can can provide a moment of brilliance. Um, he's also good enough to score and supply goals. He's been a big part of their success over this season. Um, we look at uh, Christoph Piontek. Um, obviously, we know he flopped at AC Milan after that that one great season. Uh, they got him uh, on loan. Um, again, two goals this season, but has been very, very good for them. Um, last season, uh, he had six goals for Fiorentina on loan. Um, had a couple of – he didn't really have any good seasons in, in, in Germany, but his first two seasons at AC Milan – or the, half the season on Genoa, 19 goals. Uh, and then that one year at – or the next year at AC uh, – sorry. So 19 goals and 11 goals was one season. Um that was the year that he joined in January and then um, joined AC Milan, but obviously he couldn't sustain that. But still, a guy who's been in this league, knows how to score goals, knows how to provide goals, and has come up there in big moments. Um, so on top of that, you have Eric Boltzmann, who they got from Bobo Glint, um, scored a, a load of goals um, against Roma in the Conference League. Um, he scored 23 goals last year for Bobo Glint. May only have he only got a goal this season, but has an assist as well. He is a good piece that I think is going to grow with time. Um, then we look at Diego Valencia. They got from South America. hasn't really panned out yet, but but again, one of these guys who's going to need time to, to kind of uh, do things. And then, but the big the big one for me is Antonio Condreva, um, a Syria. Uh, I wouldn't say legend. Someone in Syria who's been who has demands respect and who has justified his respect and has done it for many teams. Um, we're looking at a guy who's done it for um, uh, Lazio, done it for um, Inter Milan, done it for Sampdoria, and now he's doing it for Salentiana. Um, I, I understand that he is 35 years old. He is he is he's up there in age, but he has been so important to this team. And is doing in so many other in so many ways. So when you look at the the the, the signings they brought in, uh, Dia. Sorry, one one more. I forgot. Um, Antonio Valena from Espanol is a good piece in the midfield. He's been very good. I've I've been very impressed with with his work rate and everything he's done there. And and there are other decent players throughout this squad that I think has just got completely ignored. This idea that they got worse or they're not as good is ridiculous because they brought in. Okay, let's let's break it down. Brought in a Syria, uh, um, a guy who's been in Syria a long time, who's done it with multiple big teams. In Antonio Conjeva, we have someone in Piontek who has proven to be able to hit the back of the net regularly. 
Um, they they brought in uh, Federico. Fa- oh, that was actually last year. My, my bad. They brought in a, a guy who was who's balling in, in in Norway and who did well in Europe. Uh, they they brought in another guy who was doing pretty well in his uh, stay um, in Spain, and you just look across this team uh, and what they already had and what they brought in, and obviously Dia uh, from Villarreal as well, Piontech, uh and Condrell. I mean, you look at this team. I I just don't understand that the the idea that um, that they somehow got worse. So. Um, they beat in. Um, they took points off Udinese, who's been flying this season. They beat. Uh, they didn't beat Juventus. They um, they drew with Juventus. Um, they're getting decent results now. Are, are they losing games this season? Yeah, of course. Um, but the the types of teams they're losing to are Roma, um, Salernitana, Sassuolo, um, and and onwards. They've gotten points off of a lot of decent teams. They got points at Bologna. They got points at Juventus. They beat Sampdoria. They crushed Sampdoria. Uh, they beat Hells Verona um, and um, and so on. So they're getting good points. They're not going to be fighting for the top of the league, but they are eight points from the bottom of the league right now. They, I think they've done well. They've recruited well. And Nicola has proven to be able to handle uh, a situation like this um, where a lot of people felt that he, he wasn't capable but, you know, I think they got better, uh, point blank. And, again, no, don't disrespect to anybody who thought differently. But, but this team is loads better than anyone really expected them to be. Um, but I always believe that they had something here with the additions they, make, they made. And I think with more time this season, some of the other additions that haven't really got cooking yet will get cooking. And then, then you look at the additions they brought in in January that have contributed along with the ones that they brought in this summer. I think uh, maybe the Seahorses aren't amazing. They aren't the best team in the league. They're, they are substantially better than a lot of the teams below them, and I think um, a lot of people just were wrong about this. And again, they could start playing poorly and get relegated. But at this point in the season, at uh, through t- 10-11 games, I think uh, people were so wrong in judging Salentiana um, on their summer because they brought in a lot of quality um, throughout their squad, and they look a lot better than they did last season. At this point last season, they were they looked dead. They looked like a team that no, with no hope. This team has hope, and I'd be very surprised to get relegated. So no disrespect to anybody who picked them to finish bottom, but I think um, uh, I, I think – I think I think people who picked them to get relegated got this wrong, and um, I I just found the the, the uh, I, I found it a little strange that how many people had them relegated because they're a lot better than a lot of these teams at the bottom, and uh, and I think they did a good good job um, recruiting. They did they've done a good job with this team. Um, again, four losses, but they don't seem like they're going to be in a, in a relegation conversation and maybe they finish at the bottom, but, but they have the players to keep them up if that were to happen. So, uh, I didn't quite get it. Um, respect to everyone else, but, um, I think, uh, they've done really well and, uh, and they're surprising pe- a lot of people who, who didn't believe in, in their abilities. Moving on. We're now going to look at the, the game in, in, <clears throat> Inter Milan against Fiorentina dramatic and an absolutely wild affair. Um, that we saw this weekend, um, Inter Milan win dramatically at the end. But I'm gonna t- coming up. I'm gonna tell you why there's more reasons to be concerned um, than there are reasons to be thrilled with the result. Dramatic win, but the performance. Uh, there are questions to be asked. Against the chair, but retains his balance. That's a shot that scores a screamer. 
for Fiorentina. Jacob Barella's continued his burst. It is Nicola Barella. He's clean through. It's a great chance for Inter. Pushed away by Terracciano. Any checker for Inter slided through Latara Martinez gets there first. That'll be a penalty. Latara Martinez for Inter. Emphatically done. And they lead again. It's kept alive. And Luka Jovic right on the 90 minute mark. It's 3-3! Could be a last chance for Inter. Edin Dzeko slighted through. It's Barella across the face. Mkhitaryan! I don't believe... <clears throat> As you saw there, um, incredibly uh, competitive and dramatic finish there. Inter end up stealing the points in the end, even though the performance itself we need to get into. Because as good and as dramatic and as amazing this was... It almost further highlights the issues. You can look at the game in its totality and you can have one perception of it. Then we're going to look at it in a different way where you just see the scoreline. You see how they won. The fact that they were able to get all three points instead of one point um, is great. It's great that they, they came back and they won the game and they feel great. And and three points is better than one. And and the way to get it there at the end in the last possible moment with the Qatarian scoring is truly important for their season and is incredible but we got to talk about this performance because there's not many positives to take from it as i've been saying all season and before before i break down exactly my, what my problem is here as i've been saying all season um inter are you know what in a weird way they're kind of dortmund like because they have all these pieces they have the quality and they're just not showing the mentality that go, goes along with it. You look at the squad, you, and, and I, I'm not going to read the names off the, sh of the team sheet because I did it the other, the, the, a couple episodes ago. But if you look at the, the team that they have from top to bottom, we're talking about an incredibly deep team with the quality to be imposing in the league and in the Champions League. They're doing in the Champions League. Somehow, some way, it looks like they're going to get out of the crew to uh, – uh, the group of death suck at Barcelona. Um, they beat Barcelona at home. They 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 got a three three draw on the road. Um, they're gonna basically if they beat Victoria Pilsen, they're gonna go through because it won't really matter what happens in the last game against Bayern Munich. Um, however, you look at this from from all angles of the of the current situation, you're seeing this Inter team with the quality that they have turning into um, a two man team, and and. You look at this from every angle of it, it is basically Lataro, Barella, or nothing. Because those two connect. Remember the game last week? It was Barella, uh, uh, sorry, it was Barella and, and Lataro there. If you look at Inter's best games this season in this current stretch where they've they've kind of caught back on on themselves, it's, it's been Lataro and and um, and Barella. Lataro is one of the best strikers in the world. We know this. He has seven goals, four assists this season in the league. He's a strong striker. He's versatile. He's been the man. And he's been the guy. Uh, I even said back in the day when when they when him and Lukaku played together the first time that he was Batman. Because he's the one who scores in the big games. He's the one that scores the important goals. Lukaku scored a little more, more goals, but not as important ones as the ones that Lutaro did. Um 
Inter are best when Lautaro is making all the decisions where he's making the moves. And I know what you're going to say. A lot of people say, oh, but he misses a bunch of chances. He does. But so does so does every top striker in this league. Barella has been good and bad this season. Um, ever since the Roma game where I thought he was really bad. Um, he's been he's been exceptional. He's one of the best midfielders in, in the league. He's one of the best midfielders in the world. It is such a pleasure to see these two operate with each other and been at, a, at an incredibly high level and being being so assertive with the way they control the game because it's basically those two dictate everything that Inter Milan is going to do and it's it's a victim and they're a victim of their own success because there there are two players that want a league title two players that are the biggest uh, sway whether Inter wins or loses a game and then when the when they don't get the result it's on them. It's not on the rest of the team. It's on the two guys that are leading this line. And uh, Burrell's been terrific in the midfield. Lataro's been been exceptional in all aspects of it. And um, and they're getting con- contribution from both of them. And, and it's it's like a lot of times they have to put the team on their back and, and deliver. And that's a difficult world to live in because of, of how poorly they started the season with uh, at one point, four four draws and four losses. Now they they beat Sassuolo. They beat um, who else did they beat? They beat Sassuolo. They beat um, I forgot who else they beat in between. They beat uh, they beat Fiorentina here, but not a great performance. And then they they won uh, against Alexiana, which was which was which was a really good performance there too. And they, not to count what they've done in the Champions League ever since the Roma game. Collectively, they they get are getting the results. Their performances are better, but you're still because of how poorly they started the season, um, they're not hitting at the same standard that they should. And you see in that game, um, Fiorentina on three occasions putting Inter in these positions defensively. I think they've not been as good. Uh, you look with respect to Fiorentina, um, it's a bad look. When you're Inter Milan, you have the pieces you have in defense, midfield, and attack, and and it's not hitting the way you you would like. Um, uh, I think Inter missed some some potential opportunities here in the transfer market. I think they made some poor decisions going for for Golzins instead of Kostic. I think going for certain players, uh, bringing in um, different ones. I think they they missed out on. Um, on Taglifico as a wingback position who went to Lyon on a free. Um, there, there's there's loads of mistakes they made. Uh, Lukaku being brought back. I know he's been injured a lot. It seemed like a risk worth taking. And there are, there are, there are whispers inside the Inter Milan organization that they're not going to, to take him on a permanent deal probably. Um, and you, you remove him because he, he's been injured a bunch of the season. What have we seen in light of his injury? We've seen Lotaro go off, Barella go off, Jekko score two, um, a brace against a swallow. We see con- con- contributions from the pieces in attacking positions when he's not there. Now, he, he comes in, uh, t- I believe he played this game, if I'm not mistaken. My apologies. He's been injured um, for much of the season. Let's see how many games he's played this year. He's played uh, three games a season in the league. Um, yeah, he's only played three games, one goal, one assist. So maybe, maybe the jury's out. But there are um, you've seen the way some of the attacking parts of this team have stepped up lately. Um, there, it's probably a big price to pay. 
I hope Lukaku turns back into his former self. Um, but the the problems with Inter are deeper than Lukaku uh, and um, his injuries and stuff like that. Uh, if you want to just look at what he did what last time he was at Inter, he had 30 goals his second season, 34 his first season there. Um, scored 15, remarkably scored 15 at Chelsea when he supposedly was was horrible. He, when he was, but but still, that's pretty impressive for <laughs> in in general. Um, this season he's only played three games. He scores one goal. He's got an assist as well. Uh, maybe he comes back in here um, and he's going to be called up for the Champions League game. Maybe he comes in and, and re-energizes the Inter situation. But then again, maybe he doesn't. Um, uh, yeah, so anyway, the Lukaku thing is Lukaku thing. Um, but he's been unavailable um, most of the season, which which isn't a good thing. Um, he's going to come back and hopefully Inter um, can get things cooking again. Um but it's been a rough season for them in total, in totality. Um, you know, you look at this 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 team, and and even though um, they are on a good run of form, there are there are serious issues here. Um, Inter are currently in eighth, sorry seventh, on 21 points. They're point out. They're they're three point. They're four points out of the top four. I do think they're gonna they're gonna obviously keep going and, and do it, but but this performance was not a, a a thing to be very happy with in general. Now the result is great, but the performance was not. Um, Fiorentina, despite despite the fact that they were so good last season, uh, Italian uh sorry Italian uh, Vincenzo Italiano doing his thing with Florence last season got him in the top uh, six. I think he got no. Actually, I think I got seventh last season. Uh, now, on top of everything that they did last year, was which was fantastic. They get into the Conference League. They try to build on that. They go here. They go here. They go the other way. And you see 